ticket. You guys, as you start the new year, do you want to make sure that the air in your home is as toxin-free as possible? You've got to hear about my friends at Simply Earth. This is an awesome, awesome organization. They're doing great work, not just to help you detoxify the air in your home, but also changing the world. Ever since I tried Simply Earth's Pure Essential Oils, they're the only oils the West family uses because they actually teach me how to use their oils. Okay, so you invested all this money in oils you aren't using. Well, you maybe you have essential oils sitting unused on your shelf, or maybe essential oils have always confused you. Well, this is what Simply Earth does, all right? They give you an essential oil recipe box that helps you gain confidence and clarity in using essential oils to help make your home toxin-free. Here's how it works. You receive the recipe box with four pure essential oils, six recipe cards, and extras. You learn how to use your essential oils while making the recipes created by certified aromatherapists. You save money and detoxify your life. You get to buy from a company, too. This is my favorite part. I buy essential oils, but if I'm going to buy them anywhere, I want to buy them from a company that's changing the world. And here's how Simply Earth does it. Simply Earth gives 13% of all their profits to end human trafficking around the world. I believe in that cause, and I know that you do too. It's like a meal subscription kit, but it's more fun and less edible. I want to encourage you guys, check this out. Simply Earth. Their essential oils are GCMS tested by a third party to ensure purity. Simply Earth's essential oils are 100% pure and come from the best farms all over the world. This is an amazing organization. Using essential oils to support your wellness at the beginning of this year, it doesn't have to be overwhelming. Have fun making your home toxin-free with Simply Earth's essential oil recipe box. Plus, get a free 80-milliliter essential oil diffuser when you subscribe using our URL, simplyearth.com west. Again, free 80-milliliter essential oil diffuser when you subscribe using our URL, simplyearth.com west. Get your essential oils from Simply Earth. Earth, help change the world and end human trafficking. It's a huge win-win. Check them out today. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Matthew West Podcast, the first episode of the year 2023. I'm your host, Matthew West, and as always, I really hope you like it. Thank you for joining me today. Happy New Year to you, my friends. And what a great new year this is going to be, right? The old is gone and the new has come, and I'm excited for all of the possibilities. I hope you are too. I'm amped up today for multiple reasons. One is because of a new hobby that I've picked up, and it's called the cold plunge. I don't know if it's a hobby. What would you call it? Well, it's the latest Instagram trend, people smashing through ice and then getting into a tub in freezing cold temperatures. I read about some possible health benefits of it, and you know I hope they're all true, but let me just tell you one thing that is true. You want to wake up more than a cup of coffee can wake you up? Get into freezing cold temperatures for two minutes. When I was growing up in Chicago, they called it the polar bear plunge, and it was basically you turned on the news. Once a year, there'd be a bunch of idiots <laughs> jumping into Lake Michigan in freezing cold temperatures. And we'd all watch from our warm, uh, heated living rooms going, look at those fools. And now here I am jumping in a cold plunge here, just trying something different and uh, feeling alive, feeling jacked up. 
ready for today's episode. I hope you had a great Christmas. I know the West family did. Speaking of cold temperatures, the um, the freeze came to Nashville. Uncharacteristically cold temperatures. I'm talking single digits, my friends. Snow falling, ice falling. It was... Um, Definitely chilly, but it was great because it kind of forced all of us inside and we spent an amazing time together as a family. After, of course, my Christmas concerts ended, I got to come home and just really spend some amazing downtime with the family and uh, just recharge here as we start the new year. So I hope you had a great Christmas as well. I'm trying to think, what was my favorite gift that I received this Christmas? Well, my family surprised me. They got me this thing called a Theragun, like this uh, massage thing. And uh, it's supposed to feel awesome, you know, on your muscles and stuff, right? This powerful, like, massage gun. I haven't gotten to use it yet because my daughter Delaney stole it, and she's been using it more than I have. But uh, had a great Christmas other than that. Ate my weight in pecan pie. I love pecan pie. It's the one time a year that I'll eat pecan pie because it's probably so bad for me. But uh, that was my uh, my Christmas. We watched some football. We ate some turkey. I know that sounds like Thanksgiving, but, you know, football's taken over Christmas season too. Did you guys notice that? Anyways, it was just uh, lots of relaxing. Watched all of our favorite movies. I watched It's a Wonderful Life probably 12 times. That's my all-time favorite Christmas movie, by the way. And I watch it throughout the year, not just at Christmas time. But we went to the historic Franklin Theater, downtown Franklin, Tennessee, where we had our come home for Christmas weekend earlier in December. And my wife, that was probably my favorite gift is they got me tickets and the whole family went to the theater to watch It's a Wonderful Life. And it's not everybody in the family's favorite movie. So that made it even more special that they would go for me. Um, my mom and dad came with and we had such a fun time watching It's a Wonderful Life in a theater in black and white just as it should be. So, man, thanks for joining me today. And um, I'm excited about a new year that's upon us. And I found um, a cool quote that I wanted to read to you as I was thinking about the new year. Here's a couple of cool quotes to inspire your beginning of the year. Elizabeth Elliot wrote, New Year's Day is a good time to fix one's eyes on the only one who knows what the year is to hold. I love that. Uh, being reminded that we don't know what waits for us around the corner. These last few years have taught us that much, right? That we can make our plans, dream our dreams, but at the end of the day, uh, it is the Lord who directs our steps, and he knows the unknown that we can't see and can't know yet. Here's another great quote that I want to share with you today. David Jeremiah said, It's time to begin writing the story of your life. How will you be remembered? Ooh, that's good. That's a good thought as you're heading into the new year. Writing the story of your life. How will you be remembered? And here's another quote. Uh, Charles Stanley wrote, Although our New Year's resolutions may quickly crumble, God's plans never fail. So uh, I may make a plan to do the cold plunge for two minutes every day. I got a feeling I'm going to fail in that, but God's plans will never fail. So let's put our faith in that. Let's make that a New Year's resolution. Lord, I'm going to trust you and your plan for my life. And uh, as I seek to write the story of my life and think about how I want to remem be remembered, 
I want to start by focusing my eyes on you. And speaking of that, let's point to scripture for some great inspiration as we begin the new year before we get this. You know what? This is a good way to start off the show today. I think the first episode of the new year, here's some good inspiration, some scriptures for the new year. Second Corinthians five seventeen. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone and the new is here. Here's Psalm 98, 1. Sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. And uh, these are some good scriptures. All right, here's another one. I love this one. Isaiah 43, 19. Here's a great one for the new year, 2023. God says, see, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Here's to 2023. We know that he is doing a new thing, and we're thankful for the promise of new beginnings here at the beginning of the year. Hey, I was thinking about how I wanted to start off the new year with the podcast, and there was something that took place this past fall. Now, what I like to do at the end of every year, that week between Christmas and New Year, is to take some inventory, to take some time and uh, do some thinking, take some walks, write in my journal, try to recap the year that was, the highs, the lows, and the moments in between, memorable moments, moments that I would rather forget. And um, this year was was filled with uh, plenty of, of both. But uh, one of the most special moments of the year behind me was the release of my brand new book, The God Who Stays. And There was something that I'd wanted to do in the fall that I didn't do with the podcast um, around the book that I thought would be a cool way to start the new year. And I hope this will be a journey that you'll choose to take with me. But I was thinking about what is it that I want to take with me as my first step into the new year? And really, it's the awareness of who is going to be walking with me. And just like those quotes that I read and that reminder that God's doing a new thing, well, where he is is where I want to be. And the knowledge that he stays with me, just like the title of my book says, The God Who Stays, Life Looks Different with Him by Your Side. I want to take you on a chapter-by-chapter journey through the book, The God Who Stays. I hope if you haven't read this book with me, you'll get a copy and uh, let me read a chapter to you at a time. But if you've already read it, I hope you'll journey with me again and and listen to these words that are from the depths of my heart as I was on a journey over the last couple of years, rediscovering the power and the promise of God's presence and how that is a game changer for every aspect of our lives, especially as we begin to turn the page into a new chapter of our stories called 2023. May it begin with the reminder that God has stayed with us every step, that he's been faithful in 2022, in 2021, in 2020, through the highs and the lows of our lives, the promise and the power of God's promise of his presence. Say that five times fast. It changes everything and it can flood our hearts with hope as we head towards a new year. No matter how good or how bad the year behind us was, we can step forward knowing that God's doing a new thing. He promises that he stays with me, so he's inviting me into that new thing. And so here we go. I'm gonna read chapter one of The God Who Stays. I hope you'll join me on this chapter-by-chapter, week-by-week journey as we start the new year being reminded that he stays with us. Are you ready for this? Chapter one. Does God keep his distance? Six feet of separation. New Year's always begins with such promise, doesn't it? 
Hope somehow feels a little closer that time of year. It certainly did on January 1st of 2020. I still recall laughing at how many pastors of churches across the country were inspiring their congregations with the exact same cleverly titled sermon theme, 2020 Vision. It was the beginning of a new decade. I remember hearing references to the roaring 20s in the media. It was a fresh start, another new beginning, a clean slate and a blank calendar with plenty of open space for optimism. Oh, and I clearly remember watching the ball drop on television, putting my arm around my wife and uttering the following phrase, honey, I've got a really good feeling about 2020. Are you cringing just thinking of it now? Can you remember what you were doing at the beginning of that year? Did you have dreams? How about carefully thought out plans? What were your New Year's resolutions for 2020? I had new music and a brand new tour about to begin. I'd even titled my record brand new because it was going to release in the early months of that super promising year of our Lord, 2020. In early February, I traveled to New York City for some interviews and performances to promote the new record. It's one of my favorite places to visit. I brought my wife, Emily, along, and after my work was done promoting the record, we crowded into a tiny Italian joint for a quintessential Big Apple dining experience a few blocks from the theater where we had just seen Hamilton. Shoulder to shoulder, locals and tourists stuffed their faces with some of the best pasta outside of Italy. The energy was high, the volume level even higher. As we walked the city that night, we saw crowds everywhere. It was an amazing trip. Just a few weeks later, I was back in the Big Apple as the wheels seemed to be rapidly coming off. Well, the entire world. It was mid-March by then, and everyone was being thrown into a state of fear and uncertainty. As I rode through New York City on my way to New Jersey, the area reminded me more of a ghost town or something from a science fiction movie. The streets of Manhattan that were vibrant and alive on my recent visit were as empty as the toilet paper aisle at my local Walmart. Remember that? How quickly it all happened. Do you recall the confusion and the uncertainty of that strange time? It seemed that this new mandate for the world to stay six feet apart was being preached in every broadcast, every news conference, and every conversation. It was March 12th, and I was planning to hit the stage in Trenton, New Jersey, in this arena, right downtown, just like sports teams and musicians and entertainers were still doing all over the country. I was sitting on the steps of the stage preparing for sound checks, surrounded by mics, amps, instruments, and that important blue couch that I'd brought on tour. More on that later. And that was the moment. As I was preparing to perform, we received word that the city of Trenton was shutting down and our show was canceled effective immediately. I sat there scrolling Twitter and watched as dozens of live events across America were also being shut down simultaneously in real time. The world was changing rapidly, and before we left the arena that day, the remainder of the tour had been canceled. I didn't understand it at the moment, but we were entering into a wilderness season, a time of exile from normal life. I booked the last flight out that evening from the Philadelphia airport and called an Uber. I hurriedly packed my bags and hopped into a stranger's car. I wanted to get home to my family. The hour-long ride gave me time to try to process what was happening. Like everyone else, I was confused. I was confused and consumed with fear and worry. The tour is canceled. People are depending on me. My family's depending on me. Is my career over? Is my family going to be safe? I just shook hands with the thousands of people across multiple states on tour. What if I get sick? What if I spread it to my family? I know those days may still be uncomfortable to read about, like revisiting a bad movie. 
And I am painfully aware that so many people in the world faced much bigger questions and more terrifying challenges in those days. During the car ride, I began feeling utterly hopeless about a world that was spinning out of control. And just then, something funny happened that snapped me out of my anxieties and brought me back to my seat in that Uber. The driver's radio was tuned into a Christian music station, if you believe that, and he began to passionately sing along to a song that was playing. The funny thing is, it was my song, The God Who Stays. I leaned in from the back seat, highly entertained as I listened to my driver belt out the lyrics to my song in broken English. You're the God who stays. You're the God who stays. You're the one who runs in my direction when the whole world walks away. You're the God who stands with wide open arms and you tell me nothing I have ever done can separate my heart from the God who stays. I started to sing along with the driver, purposefully getting louder and louder, line by line, thinking he might recognize the familiar voice. I shouted jokingly, so how do you think I sound? Not so good, he said, looking back at me in his rearview mirror. I responded, yeah, I guess I don't sing quite as good as that guy on the radio, huh? Not quite, he said, as he shook his head smiling, but it's not your fault. You know, that guy does that for a living. You don't do that full time. So you are pretty good, but not so good. You keep trying. <laughs> I laughed, enjoying the moment, and said, yeah, I guess you're right. He never found out I was the guy. My driver's name was Arthur. He told me he loved that song on the radio and why it meant so much to him. He said he needed the reminder that God has stayed with him through everything. Through his immigration to the United States, his separation from his family back home, his struggle to make enough money to survive and begin a new life, it hit me that he sang that song as if he knew that God had surely stayed with him. As the entire world seemed to be falling apart, it was difficult to see where God was at the moment or how he was staying with us. As Arthur dropped me off and I sat on a half-empty plane with a mask on for the first time, I thought about that 13-year-old preacher's kid who believed he would get to heaven simply because he had the right family connections. The one whose parents always told him, Matthew, Jesus loves you. He wants to have a personal relationship with you. That kid who came home after school one day, dropped his backpack at the front door, grabbed a snack and plopped down on the blue couch in the basement of his childhood home, hoping to catch a Cubs game. Instead of baseball that afternoon, I found Billy Graham on the TV station, preaching to a crowded stadium. And he was preaching to me. My heart received those words like a hard rain on a dry ground. God loves you. He sent his only son to die on a cross for you, to pay the price for your sins. God has a great plan for your life. Will you say yes to him today? I did. And from then on, whenever I thought of the presence of God, I thought about that blue couch. It has been my reminder that God is close. And I thought it could be a reminder for others too. That's why I would bring a replica of the blue couch on stage with me. I would tell my blue couch story every night in the hopes that people would discover that God is available to them too. However, that blue couch was about to be packed away for a long time. And the flight back to Nashville would be my last one for quite a while.
God certainly didn't feel close with everything going on in the world around me. The tour had ended abruptly, and my entire life was put on hold as we all watched from our television screens, the world literally coming to a standstill. My replica blue couch was sitting in a pay-by-the-month storage unit south of Nashville, gathering dust next to guitars and keyboards that were supposed to be making music on a stage somewhere in America. As I settled into a new normal of stay apparent to me that my most passionate displays of faith usually took place while my faith was on display in front of a crowd. Think about that. With no one to sing to, it dawned on me how I am good at declaring God's love in front of a crowd. I've perfected the art of speaking publicly about the grace of a Savior who can change someone's life. I know all the right scriptures, all the right words. I can look the part, even when I don't feel the part. And now I was stuck in the wilderness in a season where God felt very distant, not just to me, but for so many people in the world. My public faith was on pause. My music ministry wasn't going anywhere for a while. The blue couch that represented the presence of God to me sat locked in a storage unit, and I sat in my home in Nashville wondering what God was doing, where he was in all this hurt that was happening in the world, and impatiently waiting for life to begin again. Meanwhile, people lost their livelihoods and their lives, and social and political unrest was a daily reality. I began to understand that I probably wasn't going to be the only person feeling like God had adopted his own social distance policy. But I kept thinking about Arthur and the Uber ride to the airport and how he sang my song to me. I couldn't get that moment out of my head. Was God trying to use my own words to tell me something? You're the God who stays. You're the God who stays. Did I really believe that? Did I really believe what I've been singing on stage each night? Why did that blue couch matter so much to me? Was I bringing it on the road, hoping to recapture something that I had lost along the way? This unexpected pause button had been pressed. And through my desperation, I sat down to write. As I did... I began to recognize a familiar whisper. It was similar to the Psalms where David asked God the same question, where are you? I could almost hear him saying, are you staying six feet away from me? I began to pray and study in the hopes of rediscovering God's promises. And as the pandemic raged outside the safety of my home, I began to hear him speaking, Emmanuel, God with us. It wasn't Emmanuel, God with us only when we're perfect. I didn't hear Emmanuel, the God who visits me only once on the blue couch. Had I left God in a place just as I had left that blue couch in a storage unit? Could it be that all the while he's been pursuing a closeness with me that I'd simply ignored? How long had I been singing the songs but missing the message? Was he there with the people in the hospital, with the frontline workers, the protesters and policemen? Had he been with his people through the crazy times in history? What was he doing in this season of wilderness? Would he walk with us into an uncertain future? The voice of Arthur the Uber driver's broken English singing my song kept ringing in my ears. He didn't know that night as he drove me to the airport that he was singing for me. As I heard Arthur's voice in my head, I swear I could see God running toward me with open arms, like the prodigal's father who came running out to meet his long lost son, even while he was still a long way off, Luke 15, 20. I may not have looked like it to the audience at my shows, but perhaps I had been a long way off too. 
I missed the promise of God's closeness. I had settled for a socially distant relationship with the one who is nearer than I dare to believe and closer than the air I breathe. Maybe I had been keeping six feet of separation from the God who loves me. That's chapter one of The God Who Stays. Life looks different with him by your side. I sure would love it if you'd pick up a copy. If you haven't done so already, you can go and visit thegodwhostays.com. And there's a link there for you to purchase the book wherever it is that you like to purchase books, or you can just go directly to Amazon. If you've read it, go ahead and leave a review at Amazon and uh, let me know what you think of the book. But uh, regardless, I hope this book will minister to you. One of the cool things that we're doing with this book, and we haven't told many people about this, but I've secretly been on a mission to get this book inside prison walls all around the United States. And uh, our ministry, Pop We, is on a mission right now to do just that. So if you've been ministered to by this book and you want to pay it forward, please go visit popwe.org today. Uh, You can make a donation, and with that donation, a portion of that money will go towards helping us get copies of this book. I mean, think about it. It's been on my heart for a long time. Who needs to have this reminder? The most isolated people right now are the ones behind bars. They, they think probably everybody's given up on them, their family, their friends, society. And I want this message to resonate with them loud and clear and be reminded that even behind those prison bars, God stays with them too. Aren't we thankful for that? Aren't we thankful for a God who never gives up and never stops pursuing us? I know I am. So thanks for letting me share chapter one with you. I'm looking forward to coming back for uh, next week. We'll do chapter two and so on and so forth. So get your copy of the book and read along with me as I read to you. There's also an audio version of the book available uh, wherever you listen to audiobooks. So I encourage you to go check that out as well. So next week we'll get to chapter two. But now it's time for songs from the story house. And, uh, Before we start diving into songs from the new record, My Story, Your Glory, in honor of reading chapter one of The God Who Stays, I figured I would just share this song with you. And as you begin this year of 2023, I tell you what, I can't sing this song anymore without thinking about Arthur, the Uber driver, singing it back to me in broken English. It's his voice I hear when I hear this song on the radio. But most importantly, as you listen to it, I hope it's God's voice that you hear speaking that message of his closeness. Maybe you can relate to me and at times in your life, or maybe right now you've settled for a socially distant relationship with the one who wants to be closer to you than you'd even dare to believe, closer than the air that you breathe. Do you want to be close to the one who wants to be close to you? Well, guess what? All you have to do is say yes. Jesus, I want to follow you. Be close to me. If you draw near to him, he will draw near to you. So be encouraged by this message as we kick off the new year, that he's the God who stays. You feel like somebody's given up on you? He will never give up on you. Have you been tempted to give up on yourself? He hasn't given up on you. He's still believing the best for you and has great plans for you. doesn't matter what mistakes or mess ups you made in 2022. We do a good job of doing a bad job when we're trying to be the authors of our story. But when we place the pen back in his hands. A new chapter begins and he can lead us. He can make pathways in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. He's doing a new thing in your life. Take his hand, stay close to him at all costs and know that he will always stay close to you. This is the God who stays. If I were you, I would have given up on me by now. I would have labeled me a lost car. 
Cause I feel just like a lost cause If I were you I would have turned around and walked away I would have labeled me beyond repair Cause I feel like I'm beyond repair Oh, but somehow you don't see me like I do Somehow you're still here You're the God who stays You're the God who stays You're the one who runs in my direction When the whole world walks away You're the God who stands With wide open arms And you tell me nothing I have ever done Could separate my heart from the God who stays I used to hide Every time I thought I let you down Always thought I had to earn my way But I'm learning you don't work that way no. Cause somehow you don't see me like I do Somehow you're still here You're the God who stays You're the God who stays You're the one who runs in my direction When the whole world walks away You're the God who stands With a wide He's my dad. He gives good advice. And that's why the final segment for today's episode, the first episode of 2023, is called Dad Advice. Play that theme song. He is my dad and he gives good advice. And that's why this segment is called Dad Advice. Dad, happy new year. Do you make new year's resolutions? I try not to because I always break them. 
<laughs> so you just don't don't even go there, huh? I don't have any goals, no dreams, no nothing, and then I'm not disappointed. Uh, no, I'm just you kidding. could try doing the cold plunge with me. Yeah, I, I could do that. I, I was so. telling the audience earlier about diving into the cold waters, but I'm not sure if you're man enough. Yeah, I, I probably <laughs> probably not, but that's a challenge for the new year. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hey, so we're heading into a new year. I kind of felt like I was crawling towards the end of last year. So it's not like some magic, you know, f- switch gets flipped where all of a sudden you are renewed in your strength. A lot of people can be coming into a new year feeling weary from the year before. Um, so send us out with some encouragement here as we begin the new year. Well, I got some awesome verses uh, for that. And and thinking of going into a new year, I think more on how am I going to be ready to handle whatever comes my way? There's good things, there's bad things, there's hard things, and but what am I going to do? And I'm always reminded get God's word in your heart, claim his promises. So here they are. One, come, Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And like you said, you felt like you were limping into a new year. And um, at our concerts and shows, many people come up and they're just weary and they're burdened, but they know the their strength is in Christ. So we receive his invitation to come, all who are weary and burdened. And then cast, 1 Peter 5, 7, casting all your care on him, for he cares for you. The cares come, the problems come, but we need to learn to cast them on him and not, sometimes we want to carry him far too long, and that's where the devil gets in. And then lastly, 1 Thessalonians five seventeen, and everything give thanks. Just keep praising him no matter what. And that's that's easier said than done. But I want to work harder than ever on coming to Christ, casting all my cares, yep. and giving him praise, giving him thanks no matter what. So you do have some New Year's resolutions yeah, after got all. Yeah, some good stuff there. Those are good ones. Thanks, yeah. Dad. Happy New Year. You're welcome. Hey, that's our show for today. I want to thank you for joining me, and I hope that's a great start to your new year. I want to remind you that my ministry is called Pop We. That's the ministry my dad and I have. And uh, if we can minister to you at the top of this new year, we sure would love the chance to do that. If you have a prayer request, please go to popwe.org today and enter in your prayer request and know that a whole bunch of people will be lifting you up. Uh, we also send out a weekly devotional that I write. Every Thursday, you'll get an email, just a quick little devotional reminding you to spend some time with Jesus. How's that for a New Year's resolution? Spending more time with Jesus. That's on my list, at the top of my list. I hope it's on yours as well. And we want to continue to spur you on and encourage you and that aspect of your journey of faith, okay? Also, you can share your story at popwe.org. We would love to hear how God is working in your life, okay? I always say it's your story for His glory, and I hope you know that. Speaking of that, the new record is just almost not even two months away. And the brand new tour, it's called the My Story, Your Glory Tour, is going to be heading out at the end of February. Go to MatthewWest.com today. You can pre-order the new record. It's a double album, 22 songs. Holy cow, let's go. And the brand new tour is going to be taking off in February. Find out where we're going to be. If we're coming to a city near you, you better come and see me. Or uh, even if you need to make a road trip, don't miss it. It's going to be an epic, epic tour. This is going to be a great season ahead of us. It's your story for his glory. I'll see you next week.
But seriously, I, I, I do.